to episode number 76 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Uh, my name my name is Pat, Patsy the Angry Ray Hall, and you can call me Patrick Nerd. And uh, yeah, I totally fucked up my own intro, so uh, we're just going to move on. She is the Ironborn uh, Angry Funko So you have to go fuck up mine. You gonna, you're not going to fuck up Ashes. She's the Angry Funko Pop of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Uh, podcast. What the fuck? That makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Are you we trying were, to say she has a big head and a little body? She <laughs> is asshole. a T-Rex. <laughs> we were talking earlier about how you wanted to dress as Sam, and Steve said that you could be like a, a human Funko Pop. You could have like the giant Sam head. You're a dick. That's Agent Nicole, everybody. Hi, everybody. Yeah, she's all salty from space jail. I was going to say salt jail. <laughs> You need to just shut up. Wow. Uh, also joining us is the mistress of Real Housewives and Merlot of Transylvania. That's right. It's uh, Ashes von Daymare. <laughs> he Daymare. Oh. Fighter of the Nightmare. Oh. oh, God. That hurt my ears. Good. Oh, that was worse than Nicole shaking the well, microphone. Well, see, that's what you get. You're going to fuck up people's episode. intros. We're just going to Nicole is indicating that go all over the place. Oh, like Dynamo at home. Just goes all over the place. Oh, my toilet was broken. Stop Why does he him? sound like Teddy from Bob's Burgers? I don't know. That's his problem. His name is Bob Burgers. What was that? I don't know. That was like the worst Muppet ever. We are, of course, also joined by the velvet-voiced, tramp-stamped, hardest-working man in podcasting. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Johnny Wolfenstein. If you have something in my intro I don't like, uh, can I turn your mic down? Is that Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't get the tramp like, stamp. I don't free, have any tattoos. Feel free to I'm, edit this episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'll edit Patsy out of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like a six-minute episode. <laughs> no, I'll just have silence in your place. Oh, all right, that'll be fun <laughs> and exciting. Uh, we are, of course, joined again uh, for the second consecutive week by uh, horror author and handsome man uh, Steve Van Sampson. Steve, say hi. Hey guys, how's it going? Actually, uh, for this week, I decided I'm actually going to be Steve Vaughn Sampson. Oh, all right, <clears throat> because I, I want to be cool like uh, Ashes uh, Vaughn Daymare. I uh, I see you've also gone out and got new business cards with the Vaughn. Yeah, I've also uh, ordered all the copies of my uh, book that I've sold already uh, to be burned, um, which is probably going to be easy. It's not that many. Uh, from what I hear, it's a Crickets. pleasure to burn. Yeah, you know it'd be even funny if Ashes decided to go to Van. So then all that work that you did is for nothing. Ashes Van nightmare. Ashes Van nightmare. Uh, I'm actually Ashes Vin Diesel now. (laughs) (laughs) Ashes is your full name, Ashes Lee. Yes. Yes. Nice. I figured. I figured. It's actually Smashles. It's a Van Vaughn thing. I could tell. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So today. Uh, we are not going to be discussing Planet Hulk because we talked about that last year, and I think it's a travesty. <laughs> last, last year, <laughs> dude, are you? Jesus 
You are <laughs> fucking be, up. To be fair, it is it is two in the morning when we're we're recording yeah, this. So um, they, you should tell them that. As far as I'm concerned, I think it's a travesty that the Hulk is a planet, but Pluto still isn't, or is it now? I it is now. No, it's, it's a planet. It's right. a planet now. And, right. and Neil deGrasse it's, Tyson kind of backtracked what he said. He backed that up. Every, he backed that train up. Oh, he backed it up real good. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so all is all is right with the world. Pluto again. Welcome a, back, Pluto. Yay. I thought I thought Pluto was just a dog. He is. His bark has, is has, has bark. that Pluto remained constant at least? Yes. yes. Has he switched into a cat or something at some ca- point? Pluto no. was always a planet to me when I was a kid, and even now. And I didn't care that it wasn't. It was always going to be a planet. I had to take. Uh, well, Nicole was in space jail. I didn't tell the story, but I had to take a bunch of. Uh, pack animals to uh, to the vet and it was very very expensive because I did not have Olamacare you fucking asshole <laughs> I fucking heard this joke way too many times yeah but you've heard different versions of it you I didn't just, know that's where I was going I fucking hate you oh my god what is Dwayne Johnson's I'm favorite, do- I'm not listening favorite to you. Las Vegas act? What is it? The Rockettes. I, I don't understand. He loves the Rockettes. Because oh, his name is Dwayne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I see it now. Yeah. 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 That's that's not really a, a funny haha. That's more of a... So, Ashes huh. still needs wine. Send wine so she can deal with this. Right? Like, I'm podcasting sober right what now. Like, what is life? What is Wait, world? were you podcasting sober when I was I in jail? No. No, I was podcasting very not sober. That's I know. True. I heard you got really upset that I wasn't there when we did the... When you guys did the battle. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we I did it without screwing up. It was weird. to... to to screw things up with it's just not the same without you. screwing things up by myself just makes me look drunk <laughs> doing it with you makes it look like it's done on purpose <laughs> so ashes this is just something i want to ask you it's not actually going to be interesting to anyone at all mm-hmm. but like i know you're like big into red wine right yes so have you ever had a pinotage a what yeah it's like a south african thing okay it's a type of grape Okay. And, and it's uh I would I would I would I would find one. They're okay. hard to find though. Um but you know I have sources. Maybe you guys have me back, I'll bring you one, all right? The place okay. the place by me gets a pinotage. Right? Okay. But uh but a bing. Look it up, yeah. Pinotage. How is it? It's uh delightful, is what it is. I'll tell you yeah. right now, it's delightful. I enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Are you a red guy? I am a red guy. Have you seen my book? I, yes, said. it is. That's Have you speaking of read your book? My book. Let's talk about your book. Cool. I'll do that. So, uh, <clears throat> so I, I've written two books uh, this year. They came, both came out this year. Um, Wait. So, did second. you write them both in the calendar year of this year, or were they works in progress? Um, so the answer is no. I wrote the first one, which is the Bone Eater King, um, which does not have anything to do with a gay sultan. Right. That's that's very true. You're just really going to bring it right there, right first. Like mm-hmm. they well, it's not it's not the boner eater king. Right. It's the it's, bone eater. Right. It's the bone eater king. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I wrote that uh, last year, and then I just kind of held off releasing it. I wanted to finish the sequel, and I wanted to, I don't know, see see what it was like to release two at once, because I'm a maniac, and it was twice the work, and it was a basically a no-fun summer for me. 
Okay. Yeah. No, it's cool. Uh, so the second one's called Marrow Dust, and uh, collectively they are the uh, the Predator World series I have here. Basically, it's um it's a vampires in Africa. That's what I. That's, nice. That's my uh, that's my elevator pitch. They tell you to get your elevator pitch down to as few words as possible. Mm-hmm. Vampires in Africa. There you go. There you go. So um yeah it's a it's a story about uh amnesia and uh and uh, uh vampires and there's a there's a lot going on that uh, you don't really quite understand until you keep going and things unfold and there's there's some scary stuff and uh, I definitely tried to put a new spin on the vampire tale and um give people something they have definitely never read before do they sparkle they uh you know it's really funny one of my one of my go-to marketing phrases is that uh these vampires don't sparkle good <laughs> good That's i like smart that. Yeah. that is very smart. smart yeah that is that is a good thing but this is a uh a, a book that takes place in africa it stars africans it's uh you know it's it's as it's as different as i could make it so I did a lot of research. I was just gonna say uh, we had the opportunity suck blood, to they spit blood at people. Oh, they suck blood. <laughs> oh, these vampires. I mean, they inject blood into other people. Well, it certainly does suck. <laughs> the we, suck cut. Yes, the suck cut. Oh, we had the opportunity so to talk a little bit at Rock and Shock, and you kind of went into how and the extent of your research for these books. Yeah. Do you mind kind of touching base on it a little bit here? Yeah, um, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically what I tried to do is be as geographically correct as I could possibly, possibly be. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, you know, Google is my friend. Google Maps. Google! Um, so I wanted to, I don't know, I guess I guess it, it probably didn't quite matter in the end of it all because there's plenty of times people will write a story about New York or Boston or whatever and things aren't perfectly accurate or anything. But I don't know. It just, it just I like when things are. It's cool when you're from a place and like if, if something was set, you know, in your hometown and the only thing that makes it the hometown is the name, that drives yeah. me nuts, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I sort of just wanted to try and so yeah i i plotted out like the the roads and the uh the areas that the characters were going to go because this is very much a uh like a road movie that takes place in one night that's pretty much what it is everybody's on foot it's a mad dash from point a to point b and there's freaking monsters out in the dark savannah and there's really nowhere to hide you're in this just open uh, space and the main character has full amnesia and has absolutely no idea what the hell is going on. So, um, you know, it's it's really like what I could make accurate is the terrain. I, if if I'm saying because the whole thing takes place in um, Tanzania, okay. So they're they're basically in the Serengeti for the entire time. Um, but I learned a lot of stuff. Um, I've never been there myself. I would have loved to have gone. I would still love to go. Um, but there is, uh, there's a few things that I was able to work in along the way that I learned from, from Google maps really. Um, but one of the things is there's this, um, there's this, uh, it's, it's sort of a touristy thing, but it's like the big entrance into the Serengeti and it's this gateway and it's called the Ndabaka gate. Ndabaka. <laughs> that is uh, apparently how you pronounce it. I, uh, checked with my only Kenyan friend and that's what he said. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's this cool gate and it's like covered in skulls. It's like oh, wow. um this is the most badass thing ever. Right. This is going in the book. 
Well, it has to. It's, like, uh, it has to. Yeah, yeah. So there's actually a chapter called The Gate of Skulls, and it's 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 about the Indabaka Gate. They they run across it. And, of course, the characters, you know, are familiar with it and stuff, but to us, we don't know, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, sort of mundane things that I worked into, you know, just, just buildings, the way buildings are, the way, you know, where they are and where they would come across certain things and... And uh, and stuff. So yeah, I mean that's 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 kind of kind of what I was going for. But I, uh, you know, it, it is a post-apocalyptic story as well. So you know, this is like you know some amount of time we're not quite sure after the quote vampire apocalypse has happened. And and uh, it the really the story I could have told a story in this timeline in this world uh, anywhere. Um, I wanted to tell I wanted to tell a story we hadn't seen before. So it's like all right, you know what? There aren't enough vampires in Africa. Things not not to say that this is the first at all. It's not. Um, actually, the the biggest inspiration that I took from this was uh, um, a story written by Robert E. Howard, who was the guy who wrote all the Conan the Barbarian stories in the '30s. And he's uh, he's uh, from Texas, and uh, he is one of my all time favorite writers. And so he he did all the Conan stuff, but he he actually did a lot of other uh, works as well. And he did a lot of horror stuff. And really? um, because he's he's credited as creating, uh, you know, sword and sorcery, which is kind of like I like to think of it as low fantasy. Nobody really says that. Like everybody says high fantasy. It's like oh, elves and dwarves and and magic missiles, high fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's like well, really, sword and sorcery is low fantasy. It's very subtle. It's like Lord of the Rings. It's for, you know there are wizards, uh, you know, but Gandalf wasn't running around shooting magic missiles left and right, right? I mean, like he did he did things, but um. You know, he he was a subtle wizard. So, you know, it's kind of like there are wizards, there are dragons, there are, you know, things like that. But, um, you know, they're not really the point, I guess. I don't know. But he, anyway, so so I digress. So Robert E. Howard, um, or R-E-H to his friends. Um, so he, he has a different character, uh, which you may or may not have heard of, Solomon Kane. Yep. And there was a uh, a movie starring James Purefoy a few few years ago, and uh, it was uh, it was okay. It was not bad, decent little uh, B movie or whatever. Um, but it was uh, it wasn't super faithful, but you know, kind of some of the essence was there. Basically, I, I like to think of him him and him and Conan, uh, Solomon Kane and Conan are similar in that they're both like these roving adventurers, and they're kind of you know just walking, they're wandering, and across their worlds and stuff and. The, the the separate stories are very separate. You know, they're not sequels to each other at all. You don't need to read them in any specific order. They're just, you know, things that happened over the course of a life. You know, just like you had Tuesday in 1998, and then you had a Wednesday in 2007. It's like, they're not, it's not a sequel, but mm-hmm. they both star you. Yeah. Um, so, it, I don't know. I, I really like the way that um, the Solomon Cain stories worked more. Um, or, there were less fantasy and more supernatural um, ghosts, um, you know, horrors and, and stuff like that. Uh, some voodoo stuff. But he did have um, a couple stories that were set um, in Africa and he had um, a story called The Hills of the Dead, which I credit in the, the beginning of The Bone Eater King as, as being the, the primary inspiration for the story because it really um, it really sparked something in me. I'm like, this this is really different. You know, he created not only a unique vampire story, but unique vampires. One of the things that I loved that he did was he, he had this idea that, okay, the vampires are actually dead. And um, one of the ways you can tell where they are, if you're out in the savannah, is... No, I didn't, I didn't use this, but 
um, is that vultures sense dead things because they're scavengers. Mm-hmm. And they're drawn to carcasses. They're drawn to dead things. So in the, the world of Solomon Cain, you can tell when vampires are about, even if they're like a couple miles off, if there's a shitload of vultures. That's brilliant. And they're following them. And it's like, oh, my God, that the vulture, the freaking vampires are coming. It's just it's just awesome. It's a great story. I, I recommend uh, anybody who hasn't read Robert E. Howard to get into it. I love the pulpy stuff. That's kind of like where I live. Um, but you know, anything, I, I love anything spec fiction. I love horror, sci-fi, you know, fantasy to a point. I, I prefer the low stuff, like I said, but, um, you know, Robert E. Howard was, was, was great and definitely a, a seminal, uh, writer of, of the early days of it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to just mention real quick and plug one of our friend shows, but, uh, we just had a team up a couple weeks ago with the Chromecast and, nice. All they talk about is is Robert E. Howard. Basically, like they talk about his work, work that that he was inspired by, or that he inspired. So it's a it's cool if you're looking for that sort of thing. Our buddies over at the Chromecast do a really awesome job. Nice. So if anybody is looking to pick up, I assume that you know you would want them to start with the Bone Eater King and then work their way towards yes. uh, Marrow Dust. Um, where can they find your works? Uh, so I'm on Amazon, um, currently exclusively right now. Um, I'm uh, just, this is just very recently, there's there's a, a shop I'm working through a deal that's going to be carrying both books. Um, and uh, But I'm not going to quite say it yet, it's not out yet, but uh, right now it's currently, it's currently uh, Amazon. Perfect. And we will definitely uh, post links in the Facebook page. So yes. if you like to read... Reading is very sexy, so pick them up. And if you like vampires, this is the most original vampire story you'll read all year, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) So we're today going to be talking about some some season two Stranger Things. Uh, We're going to talk about some character development, some some, some plot points. Which we've all seen. Yes. 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 Wolfie, you've seen you've seen it all by then. all right. Because I know we we'd mentioned something a few weeks ago, and you hadn't seen all of it yet. So I just wanted to make sure. Um, we're also, you know, because this is a you know, very nostalgic series, and I remember, and, and Ashes, you can attest to this. There are a couple of parts that hit really, really close to home, like when. Uh, Mike had to give up all his toys. Um, not all, but like a significant amount of toys. Because as I've mentioned on the show a couple of times, um, on my, my brother Dan's birthday one year, my mom made us uh, box up all of our He-Man stuff so that we could give it away. And, you know, all, uh, all of this He-Man stuff that is now worth a lot of money yeah. that he had to give away. He gave it away. Yep. You know, I still actually have all of mine. Yeah. Next time I see you, I'll bring you something nice. Right. Well, I appreciate that. All right. Um, so what you're saying is your mom was nice? <laughs> well, my mom to wanted, a fault. My mom I have boxes of to, crap to contend with that are currently slowly filtering onto eBay as we speak. Well, she wanted us to understand the, you know, the, you know, we weren't exactly rich, but uh, 
we she wanted us to understand that there were people even you know less fortunate than we were so no i mean that's always that's always a good lesson yeah but it's like happy birthday oh what am i getting uh you're getting negative toys yes so my brother was upset i managed to save a couple of things because my mom was of the opinion she's like no everything i'm like well can i put it no but i managed to put aside a couple of things but panthor is fuzzy he was fucking panthor i had like six of those but yeah, they went the two castle gray skulls, the one snake mountain. Okay, if you had two castle gray skulls, perhaps you're living in excess here. Well, they were all given to us. They weren't complete castle gray skulls. It was like, oh, this kid lost all the pieces, so he got a new one. Here's the hand me down. You know, like the drawbridge didn't have a jaw or actually, something. You know what's funny? Actually, my Castle Grey Skull was was uh, secondhand as well, and it was just gutted. It was just a shell. There was nothing yeah. in it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. That's... I never had Snake Mountain though. We also I never never had that it. die cut die cast Voltron. Never. No, never had. I do have a plastic Voltron though. Um, Damn it! But yeah, we uh, <clears throat> we thought it would be a good time to talk about the things that you know we are nostalgic for. You know, for, you know, when we were kids, you know, stuff that when we see it kind of like hits close to home. Um, some of the stuff we've discussed on the show in the past, um, I know for me, one of the things I'm most nostalgic for, and this kind of ties into when I was at Rhode Island Comic Con, like I was big into, you know, watching Sesame Street and stuff like that. And Carol Spinney, who is the actor and voice actor the puppeteer and voice actor for both uh, uh oscar the grouch and big bird most notably for big bird uh he was there and so i went over to him and i wanted to meet him and shake his hand and um, while i was shaking his hand he pointed at my calvin and Hobbes tattoo because he's he's uh he's getting up there in years he's in his uh, early 80s <clears throat> and uh and he's pointing at it and he's telling me about how, you know, he loves Calvin and Hobbes and, you know, like, and here's two things from my childhood that, you know, I'm definitely nostalgic about, you know, Sesame Street and Calvin and Hobbes. You know, you have like the first, you know, 12 years of my life you're talking about, you know, the first third of my life at this point. And, you know, the, the young lady that was with him, um, I'm not sure what her relationship was to him, you know, wife, daughter, sister. Uh, she's like, oh yeah, you know, um, you know, we love Calvin and Hobbes. We're huge fans. Like, we have some, you know, original artwork that Bill Watterson gave to us. And I was like, that's such an awesome thing to hear because it's like Bill Watterson, like, you know, was such a big influence on me from the time I was like ten to the time I was like fifteen, sixteen. And you know, Carol Spinney, you know, Sesame Street, like, shaped me from when I was a young kid. You know two, three, four, five, you know, and, you know, there's still things that I remember from, from Sesame Street. You know, we talk about Super Grover at the house sometimes. Uh, and you just picked up the uh, Coles every year, does a little $5 stuffed animal deal. And uh, who'd you pick up? I got the Cookie Monster. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, man. I mean, near, far, not the same thing. No. Yeah. That's weird. It's it's it yeah. is. It's and that actually I never forgot that either. It reminds me of one of my favorite uh one of my favorite 
you saying that. There are these two guys that are walking past each other. There's a wall in the middle. And he's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, I haven't seen you in so long. Oh, do you want to come over here? Well, why don't you come over here? I don't know. It's kind of far. Like, well, how far is it? We're not sure. So, like, I've got a measuring tape. So they walked over to each other to extend the measuring tape, and they extended it all the way, and they're like, oh, this is like 12 feet. Yeah, that's too far. You're like, well, I can't come over there, and you can't come over here. And then they go back over, and then they just go on their on their way. It's one of the funniest things ever. I was like, that's so great. Like, how do they not? Or when Kermit the Frog is, is picking up a shirt, he had gotten a monogrammed shirt, and it was like all these people kept coming in. It was like Kermit D. Forg and Kermit D. You know Kermit D. Frog and you know all these other people. It's like, where's my shirt? It's like, oh, I don't know. And it's like, you know Kermit D. Gorf. You know, like all these all these things. And he's getting so mad. But like, yeah, like Sesame Street, Calvin and Hobbes. Like those are the two of the things. Obviously, He Man. We were talking about and uh, you know again when we were talking about you know watching Stranger Things when Mike's. He looks. He picks up the Millennium Falcon. I'm like, ah, oh, not the Millennium Falcon. What are you doing? Don't give that away. You got to keep that. You know. So, I mean, that's what I'm nostalgic about. Stuff like that. Do you, uh, Do you guys watch the Goldbergs at all? No, but my my brother Dave keeps telling me so you got to watch it. It's the greatest show ever. But he says that about everything. So it's uh it's a hundred percent just built to be this amazing farm of you know references for us and for people our age. But um, the I'll tell you right now the the number one thing that I could not freaking believe. Um, it's in almost every episode. But the first time I saw it, I I lost my shit. I, I lost it. I have still not regained it. Um. There's a few board games that are in the the main living room set, and one of them is Fireball Island. Anyone? I, no. Fireball you... Island was the fucking no. awesomest goddamn game ever, mm-hmm. and I still I still have my copy. I've I've hung on to my two favorite board games from when I was a kid, which are in order: the Omega Virus, which was a talking board game, and Fireball Island. So it's technically number two. But Fireball Island had this like amazing blow-molded topographical map board that looked like a like an island, and there was all these like trails and stuff, and there were these red marbles that they gave you that, Wait, would, yes. that were the fireballs, and, and you'd put them in like strategic little volcano-looking little nooks. They had like little divots? Yes, they had divots. Yes. And then there's like this there's this dude who's like the, the tiki god of, of the island, and his name was like, let's just call him Ermac. I don't know what his name was. Betamax Bill. Yeah, Betamax <laughs> Wolfenstein. I don't know what it was. And uh, and he's like at the center in the in the middle, and he had he had one of the fireballs in his frigging mouth because he was that badass. I mean, yes. can, I mean, would you do that? Uh, yeah. Would you just put one in your mouth? I might. I mean, I wouldn't, but you know, hey, I don't even put the cinnamon fireballs in my mouth. Oh yeah, they're, well, they're disgusting. <laughs> Insane people do that. Um, anyway, it's in every episode. It's just, it's just like there. I don't All even right, think I it's do, been. I don't remember the name of it, but yes, I do remember playing I, it. I we swear would, to God, we would just kind of like push them. We didn't ever ever play it for real. We would just kind of like guess which way the fireball was going to go down the fireball island yeah i used to play it all the time crossfire though i never had it but i, I remember vaguely cross i remember like there's a song it's like crossfire cross i don't know yeah Maybe i'm mixing it with a pat no, no, that was, song that was that was right yeah. i don't know ashes how about you what were you nostalgic for i think we already know but um a lot of things uh every time i see julie andrews like in anything i cry 
um, just because I love Mary Poppins just so freaking instantly. much. Yeah, I'm just like she's just so wonderful. <laughs> she's such a good person, practically perfect in every way. Um, but you know, we've mentioned uh, you know it's like like the Muppets. Love the Muppets. I have a poster of Fraggle Rock in my bedroom. It's not a sex thing, I swear. I just really fucking love the Fraggles, and that's the only place I had room to hang it up. Um, hey, whatever gets to their ashes. You I know. know, right? It's Goober, man. Not Goober, Boober. Boober. Um, and Mopey. Gobo. It's Gobo and Boober. I got the two mixed and up. Mopey? Um, no, it was, it was Mopey. You know, he, calls him, he calls her Mopey. Mopey. And it pisses me off. <laughs> you just answered your own question. Red Why? becomes Ted. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go music. Like music makes me really nostalgia uh nostalgic, and I fully believe I was born in the wrong decade. Because I really should have been like in my mid to late teen years, like in the early to mid part of the eighties. Because I fucking love Motley Crue and Poison and all of those like glam metal bands. I live for it. Like the higher the hair, the tighter the pants, the louder I scream. I love it. Love it. Like to the point where I saw Poison in concert. God, how many years ago? I think it was back in like 2008, I think. Um, and I just saw Motley Crue a couple years ago on their farewell tour. And I swear to God, like, it was so great. So great. Like, you know, and, and, and the fashion, 80s fashion gets me. The 80s air quote fashion. You know, hand me a can of Aquanet and watch me go. Like, I love it. I love it all. Love it all. So... One thing that I absolutely love that kind of ties in all of that is the band Still Panther. Mm -hmm. I love them so much (laughs) because they really just bring, like, drive home that just obnoxiousness of of the glam metal. Um, You know, they definitely have the aesthetic and stuff. And and their songs definitely have that vibe. We did that at karaoke a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we we duetted to a community (laughs) property. Um, that's our. I think we need to go karaokeing together. By the way. Oh yeah. yes, I am always down for a karaoke. <clears throat> um, and yeah, and obviously, I think everybody knows. Jem uh, is like my thing. Hardcore love Jem. Live for Jem. My wife. Um, my wife loves Jem. Jem and Jem and she rush. Really? Loved, yeah. Jem yeah, is just Jem is my jam. Like always has been. Always will be. Uh, had the opportunity at. Um, Rhode Island uh, Comic Con to sit down and help Patrick interview her, and she's always just so wonderful, which makes you love. And you got a byline credit on that, yeah. Um, but she's always like Samantha Newark, who does the voice of Jem and Jerrica. Uh, she's just so wonderful that um, it makes you love the character even more, and that nostalgia is just so much sweeter. Have your wife check out our show where we had her on. Will do. She she loves podcasts. She would she would enjoy that. It was it was an ashes centric show. <laughs> it was just it was it was one of, it's one of the highlights of my life. She's and also I'm, a big like, red wine fa- fiend too. Oh so. my god! So yeah. did your wife and I just become best friends because <laughs> I think we do. <laughs> um, so I could always like I can continue to like wax poetically about what I love, but Agent Nicole. Um, See, so this is tough because she's only like eleven. <laughs> 
That is true. Eleven. Ah. Uh, um, I see what we did there. So for me, when I think of nostalgia and like from my childhood, um, to touch on music, boy bands and Spice Girls. Like Spice Girls. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I was always I was a huge. Spice Girls fan. Did you have the dolls? I did. Me too. I had two posh Spice dolls because I lost one of them and I flipped my shit. Oh my god! I had two posh Spice dolls too. Oh my god! One of them had yeah, like the original found Bob, them, like somewhere in some <laughs> girl's house. It was weird. No, one of them had like the original like Bob haircut yep. that she had, and the other one had like the, her hair when she cut it yep. really short mm-hmm. after she started dating David Beckham. Yep. Yep. Um, and then I was a huge InSync and Backstreet Boys fan, but mostly All more right. InSync. Um, for television shows and movies, um, Power, the original Power Rangers, I yep. was a huge with Amy Jo Johnson. Amy Jo Johnson, and I got to meet her a couple years ago, and she's just wonderful. And I told her a story that like I thought I had met her a couple years, like when I was a little kid at like Caldors. <laughs> Back in the day, back in the day, Caldors. Caldors. And I was like, oh my God, I met her. And my mom had never told me that I didn't really meet Amy Jo Johnson. She didn't want me to like get upset that I didn't really truly meet her. So she enjoyed that story. Um, Iron Lady's mean. Yeah. um, Star Trek Next Generation. I'm a Trekkie at heart. And for me, it's like... Anytime I see Next Generation specifically, I just think of my childhood with my dad and we're watching it and my mom's just like, I don't understand the shit. And, um, and for films, Adam's Family, always Adam's Family and Beetlejuice was like my jam and Barney, unfortunately. Nice. unfortunately Beetlejuice and Barney, that sounds like a winning combination. <laughs> Barney, I was a, apparently, well, I will admit, when I was a kid, I was a huge Barney like lover. I loved Barney and I dressed up as Barney for a few years for Halloween where there's pictures but I don't know where the pictures are so we won't have to worry about that. Agent Nicole. Oh my god homework for Agent Agent Nicole. Nicole (laughs) Find the pictures. Is super adorable. If no one's ever seen it baby Agent Nicole is super adorable. I know what the hell happened. Um, You're still adorable. Shut up. And yeah that's really much for toys. Tamagotchi I just realized. Tamagotchi and fucking Furbies. Like, I can't we believe... We were just t- talking about this in the car the other Furbies. night. Those fucking weird bird things that are demonic. They're like porgs. Well, I, well, porgs are cuter. Porgs are so much cuter. That is true. And I was talking to Ash is on our ride, our ride up to see our friend Sally. I used, Hi, Sandy. And I was convinced that, like, the... The dot in the middle of the Furby was like the government like watching us when I was a kid. I was like, the government's watching us. I can't say anything bad about the government. So, yeah, that's, yep, that's me like 10 years ago. My childhood nostalgia. So I I got a couple more. Yeah. So Fireball Island for sure. Um, If we're sticking with toys, I got another one that I don't know if everybody remembers, but Battle Beasts. Yes. yes. No. Are those any, the guys that had like the uh, the wood, the fire, and the water? Boom goes the dynamite. Patsy the nerd face. Yes, they were these little little dudes, little rubber dudes. They were all anthropomorphic animal guys. They were warriors and stuff. 
and uh, they had little uh, rub patches, which was kind of a thing in the 80s. I don't it was know. It's like you, the Transformers d- uh, yeah, little where, things where they're almost like okay. mood things, like where oh, the warmer okay. they are yeah, and the yeah. colors. Yeah, it allegedly worked on your thumb, even though half the time it didn't. But with Transformers, you could see if they were an Autobot or a Decepticon. But with the, um, with the Battle Beasts, it would, they were either uh, wood, fire, or water. And it was just rock, paper, scissors. Essentially. But, but, you know, it's like, oh, well, wood floats on water, and water douses fire, and fire burns wood. So you take your two guys, and you and don't know. And the wood blocks the, like, you can make dams. I there's, think there's that's also what they a, did in the commercials. There's a really, really funny rock, paper, scissors, like, bunch of jokes in Thor colon Ragnarok, too. You guys <laughs> will have to see as well. But uh, the Battle Beasts were awesome. I had all of them except for one at, at one point in my life or another some of them got lost some I think got I had stolen one. I, uh, I I uh, I love the battle piece and uh, for shows okay no contest DuckTales <gasps> DuckTales I remember yes. DuckTales I am such a freaking DuckTales fan I swear to God like uh, you know so I, I have a uh, nine year old daughter and she is well watching it with me nice so we're, we're, we're uh, we watch it all the time like I have the first uh, I don't know if they did more than three they, they just put they didn't do seasons I hate it when they do this mm-hmm. they did them as volumes yeah. and they're just freaking in a random ass order yeah like that, <clears throat> that drives me nuts like yeah. I mean granted they didn't really go in order but they sort of had some continuity because they would introduce characters like later they introduced Bubba Duck the cave duck and like Gizmo Duck and, I like and, Gizmo yeah, Launchpad I'm still waiting for the Gizmo Duck Funko Pop because they, mm-hmm. they put out Uncle Scrooge and the nephews and Webby and then they put up put uh, Darkwing. They gave Darkwing and Launchpad's part of his line. Which and they have little. Sense. They have little Ducktail figurines as well around like Hot Topic. My what friend. Was the, the well, show, I need a I need a Gizmo Duck for sure. What was the show that they like? Kind of spun up Tailspin. That's what it was. Because Launchpad was in that. Too. No, no. T- launch. So Tailspin was the characters from the Jungle Book reimagined. So Baloo and Shere yeah. Khan and stuff. Launchpad was in Darkwing Duck. Darkwing, that was that okay. was the spinoff, and later in Darkwing Duck, they we should have just made this about Ducktales. No. <laughs> um, later in Darkwing Duck, they um, they actually introduce Gizmo Duck. He 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 also crosses over because there's a uh, a Legion of Super Ducks or whatever, and um, yeah. and I think no, you know what it is? I remember what they were called. They were the Justice Ducks, but they spelled it just us. Yeah, just us ducks and there was one that wasn't a duck it was like a stegosaurus they're like but I, I thought it was just us ducks it's like a joke i'm trying to remember i don't know if it was duck t- if she was uh in ducktales but magic a dispel yeah that was that DuckTales. was tales okay i loved her yeah and that was the loved same her. woman who who voiced uh natasha on boris and natasha yes oh rocky and bullwinkle yes. rocky and bullwinkle yeah i don't remember <laughs> her name she just died a few years ago she was very, very old, but she was great. She was in so many. Uh, I wish all I, I can think name. of is June Bellamy, but June Bellamy does the voice of Itchy and Scratchy, and is a made-up character on The Simpsons. It's probably so, not her. Thank then. you, probably Patrick. Not her. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> we've gone a tad long on our uh, opening segment. Uh, we're at a long time, so I think we'll take a quick oh, break. Fuck. Oh my god, you guys are just dropping bottle caps everywhere. Sorry. Dynamo, Dynamo is going to go popping bottles up in here. <laughs> just so kidding. I think we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, we'll get into our Stranger Things chat. So uh, don't go away. 
Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you <laughs> took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action, it had suspense, it had great characters, it had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank, and when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers Podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. And we have returned, and we're uh, also back. And uh, back again. We're here again, um, and with pants on this time. Yeah, well, not everybody <laughs> says you. <laughs> as I, I assume, uh, as our, our our good friend Miss Wiley always uh, fuck told pants. Us, Podcasting without pants. That was uh, that was her thing, and uh, occasionally. Uh, Dynamo Mars podcast without pants, but he's on video when he does. So that's he's dropped trow. Does he uh, do it wearing a bathrobe by chance? No, <laughs> no, he doesn't even have the bathrobe as an option. So <clears throat> we uh, we are going to chat a little bit about uh, some Stranger Things uh, for this season too, and I think one of the things that uh, a lot of people talk about and uh, last. Last week we started reading a, a, an email from uh, from your buddy Andy, and so I want to finish with that because it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about. Okay. So after he asked his question, like there is more to this, so I wanted to, you know, we we covered it last week. So he says, "And Stranger Things, what a lovely group of actors, and how fantastic is their chemistry? Mm-hmm. Everyone says it, but I think there's just something special about that group of actors." Like, maybe they are real-life Amblin Entertainment-style friends brought together for this adventure. Oh, they're the real Goonies. Yeah, they're the real Goonies. They're the real kids from that movie that Ashes doesn't want to talk about. Like, la, la, they're la, that, la, la, they're la, that la, la. group of kids. 
Um, I don't know what movie it is. What movie am I not supposed to say? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Do you know what E.T. is short for? Um, Eternal Terror? Uh, no, because he's got very stubby legs. I thought it was Eddie Torres, the Extra Testicle. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up. We're good. So, it's safe now. Yeah. It's safe. It's so safe. He says, I won't, I won't say it, but if it makes you feel better, I was, I was kind of scared of him when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Oh, good. I'm, see, I'm not the only one. Stop making fun of me, God damn it. The, yeah, gross. the scene with the stuffed animals and he's in the wall of stuffed animals. I didn't, I, I didn't even get that far. She didn't, no, she... Yeah. Anyway, so he says the growth of the characters too was fantastic. Although mm-hmm. I think Nancy and Jonathan got short shrift this season. Agreed. Oh, she I got agree. short something. Uh, <laughs> I love the focus on Dustin and Steve and Will getting more out of that kid than just hiding, <sighs> scared, and sweaty all last season. Looking forward to the show, Andy. P.S. Billy is a Wawa. What does what does that mean? I don't know. I thought that was like some sort of secret code to you. <clears throat> it probably is. Well, the problem is I don't really listen when people talk. <laughs> so so maybe we honest. shared something really intimate at one point, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's gone. Sorry, Unless buddy. he's talking about Billy the or Wawa from New Jersey. Wait, jerk, Wawa, the jerk bag uh, older brother who was also the Red Power Ranger. Oh, but he's really hot. With his, he's another Australian mustache. in real life too. Oh, his name like, is Daker. Like, yeah. I'm on Stranger Things now. I got a mullet. I don't know what accent that was. But oh, no. Hey. It's a Demodingo. Eating Darcy me by <laughs> So I really, I loved the first season. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I was obsessed. I, yes. I've watched it a few times in its entirety and then watched it again in preparation of, of season two coming out. Uh, Patsy and I have no shame. And we actually took that Friday off from work yep, and to the whole binge season. watch the entire season. We did not leave the couch except to go to the bathroom and go get sandwiches. Yep. You guys are collectively my hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love some of the character development that happened between season one and season two. I mean, I I feel like my favorite character uh, was definitely solidified in season one uh, and did not disappoint in season two, that being Dustin. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, interactions between Dustin and Steve, which I definitely want to talk about. um, I just have one thing to say about Steve. (coughs) Can Steve win a fight? Like, can he win a fight against a, a, a person? Like, I don't understand how he can take down demogorgons and fight those things toe-to-toe, but, like, your average high school bully kicks the shit out of him. Well, he doesn't have his nail bat when he's Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, he's, he Jonathan has weapons Byers when he's... kicks the shit out of him. Like, <laughs> well... He's too busy protecting the hair. Yeah, that's true. Not the hair. Um, I work a long time on my hair, and, like, you hit it. So what I'd like to do to kind of get this uh, discussion going Can we is talk about the cookie gorgon? The cookie gorgon, <laughs> yeah. We will definitely post the Sesame Street stranger... What was Sharing it? things. Sharing things. Sharing things. Um, in the Throwdown Thursday Facebook page. <laughs> but barb. what I would like to do is go around and just ask, who was your favorite character in season one? And did that change in season two? So, Patsy, we'll start with you. Oh, no. My my favorite character stayed the same in both seasons. And uh, as some listeners know, uh, if you're new to this, you don't know my theory. 
about how Jim Hopper is actually the same Jim Hopper from the movie Predator when uh, Arnold and his team go in and they find out that all, they find all the skinned guys at the beginning. Yep. And they're like, they, they find the dog tags and it's like, oh, this was Jim Hopper. I think it's the same now, Jim Hopper. Now, you tweeted that out to David Harbour. Did he ever respond it back? He did not. Oh, I'm I sorry. was going to ask the at Rhode Island Comic Con, I was going to ask the if I had a chance to talk to the kids, I was going to ask them if, if they thought it was the same guy. But I would love uh, anybody who thinks the same way as me if you know David Harbour and Ray Park. Still trying to get Ray Park on the show, uh, but yeah, David Harbor. If you're listening, um, I think you're the same Jim Hopper. Uh, I mean, there's no shame in in losing to the Predator. So, like, yeah, just admit it, man. Just yes. admit it, Dave. <laughs> just admit it. I mean, it's fine. At that point, he would have been older. He's already gone through all this crazy shit, and you know, season three. I mean, he so. smokes a lot. He does smoke yes. a lot. Yes, and all that coffee, it's really and not that donuts. good for you. Yeah. He does take one bite of an apple before he throws it away. So, but yeah, I would have to say Jim Hopper. He was probably just checking for razor blades, though. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. He's, a, he's a badass mofo. That's what he was doing. <clears throat> I, I, I would have to fool say, me with your healthy eating. Jim Hopper stays as my uh, my favorite character. I can't believe. Did you like remember that name or something, or have you just randomly seen Predator since? No, like, I remembered the name. Random, how the hell do you remember that? Uh, I have a weird brain. I do too, though. And and like, that is like really weird. It's not like he was a character in the movie. No, but it's one of those like, I think when I first it's watched It's not like it, he was the sexual Tyrannosaurus or anything. No, that was Blaine. No, when I was watching it, I think my brain was kind of tuned towards 80s references. And after a while, I'm thinking about it and I'm like... Jim Hopper. I'm like, isn't that the guy? Did you start hearing it in the Arnold voice? You're like, Jim Hopper. Get to the Hopper. Yeah, Jim Hopper. (laughs) He's a Hopper's man. (laughs) You send him through the meat grinder. Oh, God. Calm down. (laughs) So what about you, Steve? Uh, I I have to be a a ditto on this. Yeah, Jim Hopper all the way. I I mean, I can say Demigorgon. Can I say that? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Demigorgon then. Okay. I mean, Jim, Jim Hopper, though, for real. Like he he was he was uh, an amazingly yeah. great character. That um, it's it's interesting. They they started out. Um, they, Stranger Things does something that I just love in general with stories, and and they they give characters room to grow. Imagine mm-hmm. that. And um, it's like you know, start a character in a place that you don't immediately like them, and then have the viewer change their mind. Yeah. And that is definitely what happens with Steve as well. Yep. But um, Hopper, in the, I mean, you like him for most of season one. But in the very first episode, you kind of think he's an asshole. Yeah. You, think, yeah. you think he doesn't care. He's a loser cop. He sucks at his job. He's not listening to Joyce. We know, we personally know that the kid was really taken, even if Joyce isn't sure. But we know. So it's like this guy is just not giving her the time of day. He is just too busy being hungover. And uh, also, did you guys ever wonder like who the ch- random chick he was in bed with? That was the, the librarian. Oh, was it? Because when he they show up later and she's like, she's like, you, you said you would call oh. and you never called, and they were so pissed. And that's oh, the episode okay. where they find Will's body in the quarry. Gotcha. But but yeah, when we were watching it the first time, we're sitting there and they're, they're showing the montage of like him like 
chugging a beer in the shower and have to, I'm like, watch that guy be like the sheriff or something. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, that's He's the sheriff. Sure enough. <laughs> yeah. He was the chief. Like, so it's not quite the same. But I was like, yeah, this is an 80s thing. That's the, that's the fucking head cop. But they, they sort of play on tropes. They're like, all right, well, in, in this sort of a situation, if, if you know that this character does a, a, B, and C, like, oh, he drinks in the shower, he sleeps with random women, he's smoking all the time, he's too tired to do his job, he, he doesn't care about being a cop. It's like, okay, this is a bad dude. I don't like this guy. I'm, I have no, negative he, feelings. No, that's always the hero. That's, all, like, that's Mel Gibson in, in fucking Lethal Weapon. That's, uh, that's John McClane uh, in Die You're Hard right. 3. You're right. I still feel like they were they were trying to make us not like him at first. Make it seem like he was shitty at his job. Yeah, and then and then they they turned us on him, but, you know. Yeah, cuz I mean, he was he was being practical. Oh, well, you know, something came through my wall and he's like, "Well, is it still in the wall? Like, what are you talking about?" Like, I am too damn hungover, Joyce. I mean, to be fair, she's acting like a goddamn maniac. Well, yeah, but and and that's kind of the magic of backstory, too. You know, as season one progresses, you learn more about Jim Hopper's story, why he is the way he is and stuff. You really start to feel for him. And then he becomes really invested in this case and right. really just invested in these kids and this family. So I think that's, you know, you start to see some very endearing qualities about him. And it's kind of like the the good outweigh the bad. And this did kind of it's like uh, he's an alcoholic, but he's got a heart of gold. He so, punches you know. people, so it's okay. He does have a heart of gold. It is true. Yeah. Well, it it does kind of tie into the tropes that you were talking about in the last one when you're talking about uh you know like the the whole Valkyrie thing. Like there's two leads. You know when you think about it, it's Hopper and Joyce, and then you got you know Jonathan and Nancy, and you know. Logic tells us that Jonathan and Nancy are going to get together at the end of season one. And Logic tells us that Hopper and, and, and Joyce are going to get together, but they don't. But it does seem like season three. Season three, yeah. But, you know, you'd think that that would be tied up already. You know, but no, she gets, she gets Sean Astin and... Bob Newby. Yeah, and then they end up getting... See, that's the thing I was telling Nicole earlier. Like, if your name starts and ends with the letter B, you're so fucked in this world. Hmm. You know, you got Barb and Bob. Neither one of them made it out of the season. Like, wow. there are very few deaths. That don't occur around people named, people whose name starts with, with the letter like B. Like, the unnamed guys, they're probably all named, like, Bob. Bartholomew. Bartholomew. <laughs> <laughs> has to begin and end with a B. So what about you, <laughs> Agent Nicole? Well, obviously everyone's saying Jim Hopper. Who doesn't love Jim Hopper? I love Jim Hopper. And Steve, you know, his transition from season one, season two. Um, I'm going to go a different route and go with Nancy. Um, there's a lot of speculation that, you know, season two really didn't give her the best character transformation, which I do agree with. But at least the main cause that, you know, how she's changed from season one where, you know, she's a typical teenager who, you know, obviously she's in love or like, quote unquote, in love with Steve. And then she loses a friend and she goes out. Hashtag justice for Barb. And that theme of looking for her friend and avenging her friend and trying to find her friend 
and protect her little brother and all this, you know, mayhem that's going on in season two, she continues on that journey of trying to find a way to, you know, bring her friend, like bring closure to her friend and to her friend's family. Yeah. And you see that, you know, and it sucks because I really do like Nancy and, you know, she goes from a wallflower to a warrior and, and unfortunately in season two we don't get a, enough backstory but what i do enjoy is that they do close up that barb s- storyline where she does get justice for barb and take down the hawkins lab and do everything that she could and you know i you know it, it, in any television show there's always going to be that fucking love triangle which you know is she gonna be with steve is she gonna be with jonathan is she gonna be with steve is she gonna be with jonathan i mean homegirl should just be on her own she's perfectly fine being a badass with shotguns and shooting shit up like she doesn't need a guy yeah i think the only person she should end up with is is neither one of those correct i agree yes I agree. I mean, in real life, she is dating Dustin. <laughs> she should end up with Dustin. She should end up with Dustin. Now, I, was that or was that not the most heartbreaking part of the entire series? Heartbreaking? When Dustin's like, "Hey, want to dance?" I have Lionel Richie hair, and they're all like, "The thing is, no. for me, I feel I felt." I cried actually at that scene because that was like me in high school. That was, was me in high school. Like I, you know, I was that kid that didn't have. I. That's why I didn't go to dances a lot when I was a kid. My senior prom, I was the only one without a date. My brother went to my senior prom. Yeah, you had a date. You went with your brother? No, <laughs> no, I didn't have a date. Which I mean, one I'm, dressed I'm really in drag? Hard not to judge here, but that's. That you know, for me, it, I like I totally felt Dustin's pain, and I think uh, and anybody who's been in that kind of sh- in that kind of situation has felt has felt like that. And I think Nancy really, you know, went out of there and you know gave him advice, which isn't like the best advice, but at least you know she gave him something to smile and like be like, hey, you know, you're dancing with a girl. Hey, she's a little bit older. Girls are gonna be. They're going to find their way to you. And like, I think that was a really great moment, but I like, I would hopefully next season with, with season three, that there is more of a badass, more of a feminist with Nancy and a, a progressive storyline and not having her, you know, be the way that she is or at the moment where she's trying to figure out which guy she should be with. And, um, yeah, that's, that's my answer. Nancy is one of those characters who I really liked her in season one uh, to an extent. Like mm-hmm. she was very naive, um, but it, in a in a relatable sense. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those like, oh, she, you know. And then and then she, um, like she says, she kind of becomes this warrior. She kind of finds herself a little bit towards the end of season one. So you know that's kind of cool. Season two, I hated her. I hated her so much and. I don't know if it's because they didn't spend a lot of time really developing her character mm-hmm. even even more. Um, but it's like when we last left her, she uh, was this, you know, she was this badass taking on the Demogorgon and fearless and going into the upside down, you know, by herself. Um, 
you know, to being this drunk girl at the party, having a fight in the bathroom with her boyfriend, puking her brains out and telling him that everything's bullshit. You know what bullshit. I mean? Like, it's one of those like, oh, how the mighty have fallen type of thing. However, you know, that's very relatable mm-hmm. because if you go through something traumatic and you're trying to deal with it, I mean, she saw her friend dead in this yeah. really weird inexplicable world um so you know it's her trying to cope with that her trying to um take on the burden of not so much replacing barb but providing solace for this family who's grieving slash still holding out hope that barb is still alive trying to be the perfect girlfriend to steve who's you know the big guy on 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 campus um, you know, and and be everything else. Where all of where all of the other hats that she's wearing, you know, without daughters, being sister. able to talk about this. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, like, as I, I hated her, but at the same time, I didn't. I think I more or less hate the fact that they didn't really give her character um, her due time. Correct. I I completely agree, and I'm hoping that with season three that they do at least give her a bigger storyline like i understand why they did what they did with season three because obviously we get new characters we get to know will a little bit more whereas in season one you see him here and there but with will you see the progression that he goes from quote unquote zombie boy to the boy who has all these things happen to him and like you don't see a lot of mike in this season you see him kind of being a supportive character not a main character whereas like lucas and dustin are more getting the more c- character development and same with steve as well right so i kind of want to backtrack a little bit um so you mentioned will first and so i think we should talk about will first um noah will schnapps will first. is that his yeah, name schnapps yeah holy crap can that kid act yeah yeah and it was so nice because he you know season one is the hunt for Will Byers. Yeah, We're looking for Will Byers. For most of that. But yeah. yeah, exactly. He so you don't really get to see him in this portrayal too too much. You don't really get to know his character through the actor. It's more or less learning who this character is through what the other characters tell you about this character. Um so holy crap, like I was really blown away and I think he does a really good job at being like the He's definitely the smaller one of the group, kind of like the runt of the litter, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to be bigger than he actually is and went through this whole traumatic upside down. I almost died. I have all of these stories that, you know, now people are calling me zombie boy and avoiding me and I was missing, but now I'm not. And I'm only 11. (laughs) He was very, uh, I got a very Linda Blair vibe from him where, you know, he's able to play the two, uh, the dichotomy of himself and the possessing entity at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you couldn't always tell who was in charge. Yeah. He he was definitely the surprise (laughs) acting delight of the season. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the later episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, the where there's couple. more of the the, the possession Full and then possessed. the exorcism yeah. and yeah, that was uh, uh, 
I mean, you want to talk about a character evolution. Like, his yeah. character went through the biggest evolution because we actually got to see more of this character. Yeah. Right. I agree. Um, I want to talk about Steve. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. But um, I think Steve... Like, Nancy went from being a character that I enjoyed to a character who I was just kind of like, eh, another scene with her. Uh, I went from, wow, this kid is a douchebag to, oh my god, I need more Steve in my life. I want him to babysit me. We already went over this at work. Steve, canonically, is John Ralphio's dad from Parks and Recreation, which means Steve grows up to be fucking Henry Winkler. So... There and my is response no, to that was A. There is no pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. Hey, Henry Winkler can babysit me all day, any day. So he would be fun. He would be fun. Henry Winkler is a cool dude. I, right? I, like, yeah. he's just cool. Like, regardless of how he's one of the nicest, nicest celebrities I ever met. So, really? You met yes, him? Yes, I, uh, I have a signed picture of him. In my living room, because he go. is just a cool dude. The guy who plays Steve is actually a local boy. He's from Massachusetts. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm from Newburyport, and he's 25. So. See, I told you, Patrick, he's legal, so it's okay. <laughs> he's in a band, too. Yeah, he's in a band as well. Uh, do, do, do. Like robot animal, Demogorgon? No. But, uh, uh, post-animal. Post-animal. We're just, it's like just a, you know, one of those liquid chicken penny teas it's like just yeah. two random words <clears throat> yeah uh okay so uh, what i think is interesting is like hearing you guys talk it's sort of uh there are like various seeds that i sort of have thought about before and and to connect them in this this one way mm-hmm. um if i could try to articulate all that is currently bopping around my brain right now so i think if you look at things from a purely narrative standpoint like the way an an author would like when you're writing all this stuff down you're looking at these things as elements and you're like okay i'm going to move these chess pieces around on a board okay so i have characters that are like in it more than other characters Mm -hmm. right so you have in season one you're like oh mike mike was the main character of Mm -hmm. the kids he was the hero well we're gonna we're gonna sideline him Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Because you have only a finite amount of time mm-hmm. and you have to, you know, if you want side characters to grow, well, okay, you have to take it from somewhere else. So fine. So we're going to sideline Mike. Who else we're going to sideline? All right, we're going to sideline Nancy and Jonathan. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and stuff like that. And I think there are, are very specific reasons why I personally uh, agree more with, with Ashes on Nancy. Mm-hmm. And I think there are reasons why certain things work better um, if we could go as a point of comparison to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Okay. Okay. Um, this may seem totally random. Uh, but I, I, after watching that movie, I, no, I loved the first Guardians like to the max, to the beta max, <laughs> to the beta max bill. Um, but I, I thought the second one was just okay. I didn't really like it all that much. It was, Agreed. Yeah, it, was, it was good. It was funny, but I didn't love it. So I think that one of the things that it did wrong was it didn't do a good job of sidelining the main characters that you loved from the first one. So like Star-Lord and Gamora are now really sidelined. And okay, so it's all in how they chose to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Because with, with Star-Lord and Gamora, it almost sort of feels like like a Nancy and Jonathan thing. What they were trying to accomplish kind of felt 
pointless. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I do like that Justice for Barb thing, but that clearly only happened because there was a huge fan backlash about Barb. Mm-hmm. So the writers are like, oh, okay, we'll do this then. But it yeah. did nothing to service the rest of what was going on in the season. So yeah. they felt very separate. And yes. I think that that is how I felt about about Star-Lord and Gamora. It's like, okay, yes, the final battle was fighting Kurt Russell, but um, really they were just doing nothing for like half the movie. They just went to Ego, and then they were just bumming around, dicking around, doing nothing. It's like all the stuff that mattered was going on with, with, uh, with the other characters, with Rocket and, and Nebula and, and Groot. And Yondu. And Yondu, you know, Michael Rooker. I think that side of the cast saved the movie for me, and I loved everything they were doing. Mm-hmm. But those other characters, it's like they can be sidelined if you do it right. Mm-hmm. But I think because they, were, they felt so unbelievably separate, they were no longer interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt about Nancy and Jonathan. Yeah. I felt like the stuff with the radio guy, it's like, it's fine, but it didn't need to be there. Agreed. Yes, hashtag justice for Barb, mm-hmm. but it didn't need to be there. I felt the same way about episode seven. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people have said that um, with, with seven, and that's that's totally true, No one too, cares you know, about but, the Wheeler children. That's that's what I've been picking up to for season two as well. But, but the one thing I think that it did uh, season two... Stranger Things did right is with Mike. Now he was also sidelined, but in my personal opinion, I think they they did a really good job because he he accomplished a few things. One one thing was that he connected two of the groups because uh, a lot of the groups are separate in the show. Yeah. You got the Hopper mm-hmm. and Joyce, you got the the Nancy group and you have with Steve and Jonathan and you have the kids and they're all very separate. The the buyer's family was very separate from the rest of the cast in season one. Mm-hmm. But in season two, we at least have Mike. Okay. We're going to sideline him, but what we're going to do is we're going to put him for the most part by his friend's side. So he is there to bridge the gap between the kid group and mm-hmm. the buyer's family. Yeah. So he really, even though he wasn't really doing much, he accomplished bridging the two separate groups into one and you also got the feeling that you know what these kids really do care about each other now the other ones were doing other things you know lucas had the new girl he was dealing with and they had the new little love triangle or whatever but he pretty much had what was her name max Max. Max. mad max mad max right and then and then you know dustin got all the stuff with dart and with steve and so they all had they had great stuff Great stuff. Mm -hmm. But Mike was there for his buddy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not a whole lot. He he couldn't do a whole lot to help, but he was there for moral support. So I don't know. I think it's interesting to look at when you sideline a character, when as the writer you have to make that decision and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to push you aside. It does matter what like what you do with them. Yeah. And they they made his sidelining relevant to the story because in the first season, it was his connection with Eleven. Pure, so Purely. You know? Yeah. So season two, I mean, we, the audience, know that uh, Eleven is still around and alive and well. Mike doesn't know that. So he's, as well, as much as he's trying to be there for the rest of his friends, you know, because he still has friends, you know, they, they remind him of that. But he's he's mourning. He's depressed. He's, you know, trying to figure out how he's going to continue to do life without his his person his yeah. 11 right. you know and i think that that was the perfect setup for 
you know, okay, well, Mike's just going to become withdrawn because he's sad. Yeah. You know, and that that was the perfect storyline to follow with, right. with that character. And then ultimately, you know, he gets... He gets his happy ending in the yeah. end. You know, he's reunited. And, 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 come on. They're like 12. <laughs> yeah, Shut don't up. Be a dick. It was very sweet. Like that yeah. whole like snowball. No, it scene really was. It was, was very so nice. incredibly like, sweet. Like I started getting like whole, all teary eyed and I don't do the that The whole shit. chance that the, the whole like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The ne- negotiation with Paul Reiser. Yes. About like, oh, she has to stay away for a long time. He's like, no, one night. And they finally paid off that that um, storyline from the first season. Right. He wanted to, like, they wanted so, to go to the dance. Because and- all of this, like, you think you're, it, I mean, it's a year later, but, you know, it's right around the same time that the snowball would be taking place, you know, and, you know, Mike explains to her that, you know, like, I want to take you but not as friends, but not like a sister, you know, and he's trying to explain the dynamic of peer bonding to her where, you know, she obviously doesn't have any experience with that. So like the only real growth she's had as a, as a person, you know, is when she was with these kids, like the week or so that she was with these kids and, you know the the couple of days, you know that she got with them in in this movie. So like she doesn't understand the complex nuances of social interaction, just what she's seen. You know, Dustin and Mike and Lucas do, and then you know to a lesser extent, you know the the you know other people that she interacted with briefly. So she doesn't quite get what the significance is. She just knows that she's pretty much bonded to Mike and wants to be with him because as much as she likes everybody else, Mike is the one that she just gives her that squishy feeling inside. Yeah. Mike is her person. Like that's, that's just all that it's, that's her person. That's, that's her dart. Like (laughs) that's her dart (laughs) all filled with nougat. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously though. Like when, when you first, I mean, it was in the trailer, but when you saw him in Mike's basement that he hadn't taken her tent down. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, seriously, how terrible are Mike's parents? Uh, seriously, right? the Wheelers? How do they not them? know where their children they are? They are legitimately hey, the worst They don't even live here anymore. Like, seriously, f- I'm surprised they still have the other one still living, And then living the mullet too. guy hits on the mom, and I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me with what this? Did you... Funny? Are you going to talk about the book? Yes. Okay, the book, talk about the book. The cover of the book where she's in the bathtub, she's reading that romantic, trashy not book, and it's the same look as Billy with the mullet and the Yeah, the, the guy on the cover of her book resembles Billy. So oh. when she's all like hot and flustered when she answers the door, it's yeah. because she sees Billy and she's like, oh, this she's guy looks so like the guy that I'm reading about in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love, absolutely love to talk about Steve. Um, because I like this, I like this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I went from not particularly liking him in season one. I mean, he was like the the stereotypical like big jerk shot boyfriend. on campus, yeah, shot. jerk yeah. boyfriend, He's a jerk boyfriend um, character. You know, and he 
doesn't really start his character development, evolution, whatnot, until towards the end of the season, definitely the last couple of episodes. Um, you know, you, you see that he really does care for Nancy. It's not just for show. It's not just a, he's not just using her. And he ultimately helps him fight off the Demogorgon. Jump to season two. Oh my God. Steve is great. He's like, best try well trying trying to be the best boyfriend ever he's trying to be a good guy um nancy goes through the whole thing where you know the whole the whole drunk bathroom scene where she pretty much breaks up with him he breaks up with her she's calling him bullshit everything's bullshit um she won't say that she loves him you know steve still sticks around though you know, Steve could have been like, you know what? Screw this. Like, screw you guys. I'm going home. Like, Steve still sticks around for the kids and becomes like the coolest babysitter ever. And he's just such a badass. His rates are great, too. He works for free. Yeah. yeah. Like, hire this guy. I'm just he's walking good. around sprinkling meat on the train tracks. <laughs> and just, oh, do you sprinkle meat? Is that what you do with meat? That's what he did. I mean, that's what he was doing. <clears throat> um, well, you toss salad. You might as well sprinkle meat. I mean. Right. He's chumming the train tracks for the, the for demogorgons. <laughs> no, those demodogs. 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 Got to get them right. Um, and he becomes a mentor to Dustin. Yeah, and which I thought tells was great. Him, <clears throat> tells him how you know what what what's the hair product? Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. Hair He's like, if you tell anyone, I'll pound you into oblivion. <clears throat> And Dustin, you know, from... You make him very John Travolta. I know. Everything goes John Travolta. Everything becomes Not Travolta-ish. It's really, it's yeah, really it weird. It's really weird. But he does uh, he does give Dustin some bad advice. Like, if... Not as bad as Bob Newby gave no, Will. No, but... My goodness. That hair... That the Lionel Richie hair. Oh, Dustin oh, has but come on, yeah. But you know what? That was so stereotypical. Like I'm in middle school. Yeah, I'm trying to look uh, grown up slash attractive slash. I'm very. I would have loved to have seen a scene with him and Steve and Steve straightening his hair so that he had like straight hair and was just like. Like I believe that's going to be in season three. And he's just like flipping his hair around. What, like, flock of seagulls haircut? Yeah. yeah, like a flock of seagulls. And he showed up better than the Lionel Richie hair. Like that no, was definitely just... Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling hair. First, or or, or uh, uh, somebody's watching me guy. Oh, what's that guy's uh, Rockwell? name? Rockwell. Rockwell. I think that might have been Rockwell hair. <sighs> yeah, it was definitely like weird. Like. It's definitely a party in the front. <laughs> I, uh, I'm calling it right now. I think next year the uh, the, the big, spaghetti mullet, the, the big couple's costume. Steve and Dustin. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The girls will be Dustin in the Lionel Richie do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's what I think. The guys will be Steve. Well, I we, dig it. Last year at, at Rock and Chuck, we were we were Stranger Things. You were I, just sexy as hell. I saw. I've seen pictures. Yeah. I mean, you were the you were the second best eleven I've ever seen. Yeah. See? I've only seen the two. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, I was an 11. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed that, uh, the dynamic between Steve being a mentor to Dustin, who was also kind of going through um, some character development and changes. How cute he was Dustin's from- mom, though? 
Oh. So so great. It's like was Dusty. that was that woman his Dusty. actual mom? <laughs> she they, they, I mean I really Hashtag question what she was. Yeah. Um but I mean Dustin went from being uh you know he's still awkward, but he he definitely got sassier in season 2 and I and I, I like he was me. always really confident though. Even yeah, though yeah. even though he was, you know, he was he wasn't like super good with the ladies ever and didn't end any Nancy, different. you want some pizza? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was another but thing no, paid off. In he was—he was, he was like the Shermanator. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like super yes. overly confident nerd. But I mean, like I feel like you know, he, he, in season one, like he has the crinoclade dysplasia. Dysplasia. Whatever, I, I'm totally hacking that up. Um, but anyways, you know, he's awkward and he's chubby and he has this issue that causes him to lisp and he looks a little different. So he's almost like he's he's confident to make up for that. And then in season two, he has his teeth, you know, check out these pearls. And he's like, <laughs> over and over and over. You know, like overkill. But like, that's that's the sign of a kid who's still like... He's so used to having to be overconfident that he doesn't know how to draw back. And that's where Steve comes in. It's like, hey, you know, be cool. And, you know, Dustin with his curiosity doors and his paddles. And <laughs> and what's really funny, too, is that, you know, you, he's being tutored by the guy who used to be the coolest guy in school. Yeah, You're right. He is yeah. not anymore. Well, have you seen Billy? Billy's a dick. Well, yeah, he is, but and I think that's um, down his pants. Mm, my <laughs> dick smells like Calvin Klein. <laughs> Billy had like twelve hairs on his head. You guys are really into him, really? <laughs> no, I not don't really. Know. And that disgusting, what I would call a crustache. Crustache, yeah. twelve hairs on the head, full mullet, party in the back. Goodbye, go home. Gold Rage chain. issues, yeah. mom issues, dad issues. I'm just sitting here with he my jeans, nice jean shirt, and jean jacket. He's denim guy. Yeah. Yes. He's denim guy from Seinfeld. Remember I, denim guy? I never watched Seinfeld because I didn't think it was funny. It was. Uh, it was played by uh, denim guy. Was like Kevin, one of the kids in the hall. Kevin. Okay. I want to say McCarthy, but I don't think that was the name. This is the worst segue ever. Continue. I oh. apologize. Oh, I wasn't even. They were. I don't, going. I don't know what you're doing. I think Nicole was going to say something. Yeah. Uh, no, I wasn't really. Oh, I thought you were. I oh. thought somebody was going to say something. So uh, when uh, I also do a, a podcast called uh, Retro Redoctopus on uh, YouTube on the Boss Rush Mode channel, I'll just uh, it's a little plug. Whenever we get to this point, our catchphrase is derailed. <laughs> yeah. There and is actually a podcast. Uh, they're the Rassel nerds, but they go by the derailers. Ah, yes. Because that's what they do. And I was introduced to them through uh, the, the Best Darn Diddly podcast. Yes. And I've been told that I need to have the uh, derailers on with us because, uh, and, I mean, that's what everybody does with, uh, with, with Wolfie's podcast. He is the conductor of the crazy train that is the Grand Guignol Network. I have a thought process. Okay, so going back to to Billy and Steve not being the cool kid anymore. So I think that Steve finding almost like... um, Well, Steve mentoring Dustin. Dustin also provided companionship for Steve in the sense that Steve didn't have to try to be cool with Dustin. Dustin already thought Steve was cool. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like I don't I don't I can just be myself around this kid and he just 
eats it all up. Like he thinks I'm the coolest thing ever where like at school I'm getting my ass kicked and you know, this, this, this new kid who's, you know, taller than me, bigger than me, stronger than me, better you know, basketball, the way ang- angrier, much ang- angrier. Oh yeah. Much yeah. angrier. Just, just but you so know, angry. like all of the girls are just fawning over him and you know, he's having all of these issues with Nancy and stuff. Um, you know, it, it was definitely like a, a, a mutually beneficial thing. And I think Steve learned a lot about himself and what he's willing to go through for people which you definitely wouldn't have seen that from him beginning of season one, but season two, like he's definitely a guy you can count on. Yeah, definitely. So I'm throwing this question out. Who do you think in season three will have a better character development from the past two seasons we have currently? I hope Joyce. Yeah, I was going to say Joyce would be nice. I am. She needs to not only be the crazy mom. Yeah. Who's concerned about her kid. I, love Winona Ryder I always have and I always will I think she is the perfect person to play this role and I really hope that they Winona Ryder can act her ass off Mm -hmm. and I hope they give her that opportunity I hope they give you know Joyce Byers um, more you know just just more flexible because I mean she is Joyce Byers we haven't seen much character development. She's pretty much been the same character. Yeah. You know, season one, she's lost her son. Everyone Manical, thinks she's crazy. Right. And then to, to season two, like she's, you know, watching his every move. So she still has that crazy aspect to her. So not much of a, of a shift in either direction there. So I would love to see her, um, you know, and, and, and she was a badass in season one by going into the upside down. She was a badass in season two, performing an exorcism on her son, (laughs) you know, but I would love to see her be stronger and more independent because in season one, she leaned a lot on her older son and Jim Hopper in season two. It was Sean Astin as Bob. I would love to see her just be uh, like not on her own. Like, she'll always have that support group around her. But I would love to see, like, her save the day. Right. It's like Asia Nicole, you were saying about Nancy. Yeah. I would like to see more Nancy and her development. We will be getting more of Lucas's little sister, Erica, which I'm excited for because she was sassy. So let's take a quick poll. Love or hate Erica? Love. 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 Uh, As an older brother who had a younger sibling that was kind of like that... um, I liked the actress. I liked the character, but I hated what she represented. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely freaking hated that character. <laughs> like, absolutely could not stand her. But it's fun, and it's funny because I, I, I'm watching it, and, and my wife felt the same way. And and you know, I go online, and it's like, oh my god, the world actually loves her. Yeah, I was surprised. Like she but. was just a jerk. Like, oh, do this. No. Yeah, she was an asshole. Yeah. You like, don't say asshole when you're talking about little girls. <laughs> like, too usually, often. But Stop sh- putting so much syrup on your pancake. Fuck you, mom. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> like, that little girl is an asshole. Get her out of here. It's like, no, she's a dick. Like, it's like, oh, I'll do whatever yeah. I want. Lucas, I- you have all these rules and things. Oh, I make He-Man make out with Barbie. Like, 
Oh, and I told your friend that he sucks. He said code red and it was an emergency, so I shut off the radio because <laughs> it was annoying me. It's like, no, if someone's <laughs> like... Because you're a nerd. Hey, I need help. Bad things are happening. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Click. <laughs> that, if you do that and you're a guy or a girl or a dog or a anthropomorphic Godzilla, I don't know, you're, you're an asshole. That's yeah, all I'm like, saying. Oh, you need help? Well, maybe if I shut this off long enough, you'll be dead and I won't have to listen to you. And then I want to snap now. Like, yeah, you know, like the Zoidberg snap. Mm-hmm. More of more of Lucas's parents. Yeah. By the way. Yeah, that's that, what I would love to see. Parents that, was that actually care about line. Line. Yes. Yeah, that was all, the second best line in the entire series. Wait, what was it? When when like you know what do you do to if mom's mad at you and he's like well you know I usually go and I buy her something nice or I apologize. What if she's wrong? Oh, she's never wrong. <laughs> that was the second best line. The first best line, obviously, was, uh, so how was the pullout? <laughs> <laughs> and Jonathan almost choked on his orange juice. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah the sofa. Oh, right, yeah, the sofa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's gross, actually. It smelled like uh, old farts. Yeah. I hated it. It was uh, lumpy and musty. I will not be back, sir. (laughs) I'm excited to see more of Max, too. I like to see more of the female characters kind of take take more of a role in Stranger Things. Yeah, I mean, like, not to sound overly feminist, but, like, all the female characters are defined by male characters. Correct. Mm -hmm. So they need to not be. Correct. I agree. I agree. So I think maybe we should wrap this up. Mr. Angry Nerd, he's on this phone. I'm listening to you. I'm waiting for you guys we to can finish call him talking about various stuff. things. We can call him Patsy, the the the, the boop, nerdy the anger fart. Uh, uh, no, I mean, we could call him uh, Elmer. We could, we could probably yeah, an Aimer, a- Aylmer, Aylmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could we could just go on forever with these characters, but it's. Uh, it's like four in the morning here. Yeah. And I need to go to the restroom. Yeah. So why don't we head to break? And when yeah. we come back, we will pretty much just wrap in, things up. And yeah. New battle. Um, and preview of we'll coming attraction. Wrap it up yeah. in a nice little bow. Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun, 
the pride of PA and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and punchfarm.com. Keep on punching! <laughs> Is a motherfucking mouse. Yeah, I was wondering why it was taking you guys so long to jump in on that. Sorry, I was dealing with something else. Yeah, you're always dealing with things. That's why you keep going to space jail. So, you know, like I said, we could have gone on forever and ever and ever. Probably like another two hours yeah. longer on this. Uh, the Stranger Things is awesome. It I is. Have, but and here's a beautiful so thing. So, there was season one. Mm-hmm. There was season two. There's gonna be a season. This three. is our third. Uh, this is our third. Uh, I had to stop at that part because that's Ash's favorite part. Uh, I love it this when people is, talk about me. This is the, our third episode that we've done on Stranger Things. Is it really? Yes. This is our third Stranger Things episode. So I, how? Wait, what? Because we did one uh, a while ago. Then we did one before the new season came out. And this is the third time we've talked about Stranger Things. Okay, so long story short, we love Stranger Things. We love any opportunity to talk about Stranger Things, any excuse to talk about Stranger Things. And there's going to be a season three, so you can bet your... I don't even know where I was going with that, but yeah, you can, you can bet that there will your be Samuel another... Flange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be another Stranger Things episode of Throwdown Thursday. Yes. So. And there'll probably be another one in between oh, yeah. then and now anyways. Because so. there's just so much to talk I feel like we... <laughs> We touched base on base on things and characters, but we and there's still so much more. And it's hard to talk about one without talking about other because their stories intertwined so much. Mm-hmm. You can't really uh, differentiate the two of them. I mean the 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 different the different storylines. And I'm usually not one to fall into trends and fads and whatnot, but like Stranger Things is popular for a reason. It's because it's so fucking good. So if you haven't watched it, if you're on the fence, definitely take the time to watch it. Um, it's great. It's it's a quick watch uh, in the sense that you'll just want to binge watch the hell out of it. And before you know it, eight hours have passed and you have not left your couch and you're wondering why you have to go to the bathroom. And why you have um, bed sores. Yeah. Yeah. So with that said, uh, we have a new battle. We do. You ready, Angel mm-hmm. Nicole? She's three, two, here one. This week, so we can do it. Yeah, yep. three, two, one. Ready? Okay. Three, three, two, one. one. It's, it's a motherfucking throwdown. So this week, keeping up with our theme, we have the kids from Stranger Things versus the Goonies in an all-out nostalgia prank war. Except. Eleven cannot use her psychic powers. No, that's bullshit. No, because then that gives her an unfair advantage. Well, then she has an unfair advantage. They have they have the 
kid with the booby trap. They have sloth. Does sloth count as one of the Goonie kids? I feel like he was one of the Goonies at the end. He was. Because he's kind of yeah. like a Superman, super powerful. Yeah, so uh, I love it keeps her power, so calm down over there. All right, then that's not even, that's not fair then. Yeah, but they have. she can just kill everyone with, they you have, know, a thought. Is his name Data? No, it's not Data. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Data. It's Data. Yeah, he's like a the prank <laughs> master. He builds all those booby traps. <laughs> I, I don't think it's any fucking competition. Oh, <laughs> guys, slick shoes, slick shoes. Oh, I can flip a van with my mind. This might be the the, the most lopsided one you guys Like, this isn't even fit. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, fine. Then, then Eleven can't use her powers then. All right. Fine. Eleven can't use her powers. It's fucking Bullshit. six a.m. I'm tired. Bullshit. I want to go home. Bullshit. We haven't eaten yet today. Bullshit. I need some fucking ramen in my tummy. Bullshit. Could we turn this into like a three-way and have the kids from it as well? <laughs> no, because Finn Wolfhard's in both of those. Uh, well, you could do the original cast with like Seth Green playing the character of Richie. Oh, yeah. It's true. Oh, Seth Green. Beep though. beep, Richie. Seth Green. Seth Green hasn't grown since then, though. <laughs> Um, he's matured, though. I don't know about his, matured. His, his acting quality is quite, quite Bullshit. not what it was. He is better. I'll give you that. And it's not fair because Jonathan Brandis is dead. Okay, well, we're not talking about like Did right you have now. To go there? Did like you have we to go could, there? we could take. We're, we're taking the kids from then and bringing them up here. Like it's an even playing field. Yeah, even so, no psychic powers. Fine, no psychic Bullshit. powers. Bullshit. No, it's not. Otherwise, <laughs> okay. it's not fair. Okay, so yeah, so it's the kids from Stranger Things versus the kids from Goonies. There's no superpowers or psychic powers or anything fun. No, you said it's a, a prank, prank war. war. Yeah, it's a prank war. Yeah. So she can use her superpowers for for pranks. I mean, she's not going to make anybody's ha, head explode. I dropped and then a laugh. tree on you. Huh? Get it? Yeah, maybe her her sense of humor is like really askew. Yeah, you, I mean, because we're not saying it's like to the death. It's just a prank war. Yeah. So slick shoes would actually be more w- would be funnier. But that's that would be gonna... more useful in a prank war. Slick shoes the, has. One application, and that's when Joe Panigliano is trying to follow you on a log. To be fair, it could be any Italian actor. Okay, so kids from Stranger Things versus the Goonies in an all-out prank war. Hit us up on the Facebook page. Cast your vote. Let us know who would win and why. Yeah, and uh, we've got the contest going on still. Uh, by this time, we've posted the prizes. Yeah, so stay tuned uh, to the Facebook page, Instagram, um, and our Twitter feeds. Yeah, keep sending for us that your pictures. Information. We love what you guys have been doing so far. Definitely keep it up. The first annual throwdown for charity. So go out there and do some good stuff. Yeah. Win prizes. Yes. Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Oh, Christmas. You Christmas. Christmas. So I think, is that pretty much it? Oh, uh, what we're going to talk about next week. What are we talking about next week? Next week, week we're going to be talking about one of my favorite characters from a Christmas movie that is near and dear to my heart, uh, mainly because I've met the actor a couple of times and he's always been super cool to me. Uh, We're talking about Bill Murray as Francis Xavier Cross from the movie Scrooged. Wow, that's a good one. You've met Bill Murray? I've met Bill Murray. And he was cool? He was wicked cool. He's also very tall. I, 
I didn't realize that. He's like 6'3". Wow. Yeah. But yeah, he was very cool. Uh, and Francis Xavier Cross is one of my uh, favorite characters. Um, and uh, you'll love it. So... Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that they? one's funnier in print, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, they say it over and over in the movie. It's part of their advertising campaign. But yeah, so we'll be talking about uh, Francis Xavier Cross and his uh, adventures throughout his life with Karen Allen and uh, and uh, Buster Poindexter. Yes, Carol and, Kane. Yeah, I was gonna say Carol Kane and and Steve. Thank you so much for coming on to the show twice. In yeah. A row. yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was great. It was, uh, it was, and you're a lot welcome back anytime. Oh, yeah, we will definitely have you on again. We'll I'd talk love it. about some more stuff. <clears throat> I like and to talk about, I also, uh, I like that I like stuff. That's, <laughs> that's good. That's basically like the only requirement you need to be on the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you gotta to like, like stuff. To like stuff. I do like stuff, stuff and things. So, I think with that being said, we will go ahead and see, see you next Thursday. Thursday. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>